Welcome back to our series called Be Wise. If you're just now joining us in the series, the theme of the entire series has been how applying God's Word to your everyday life makes life better. We've been studying the book of 1 Corinthians together, which is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the city of Corinth in the first century. Paul actually started this church in the year 50 A.D. He spent about a year and a half there getting it established, and then he moved on to plant another church. About four or five years after that, he got word from some folks in the Corinthian church that there were some problems, and they needed Paul's help. Well, today we're looking at the problems that Paul addressed in chapters 12, 13, and 14 regarding spiritual gifts. I can remember sitting at a table in my high school cafeteria with some really good friends who were members of a charismatic church family, and we were discussing the differences in our conclusions about spiritual gifts, specifically about things like speaking in tongues and miraculous healing ministries. But what I appreciate most about that memory is at the end of those conversations, we were still really good friends who all loved Jesus and wanted to see more people meet Jesus and learn how to follow him. So I just want to be uh, right up front with you at the beginning of this message. This is not going to be a we are right and they are wrong kind of message. We all know that there are different conclusions regarding spiritual gifts. But sorting out all of those differences is not the purpose of this message. Here's what I hope that you will take away and find helpful in your life this week. You were made to build others up in love. You were made to build others up in love. When you you think about spiritual gifts and what they have to do with your everyday life, I really hope you'll remember that you're made to build up others in love. You, I'd like you to join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul starts off the chapter by saying, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives. You might have a different version that you're reading from, and it might simply say now about spiritual gifts. Well, I'm not going to read through all three chapters uh, with you this morning, verse by verse, but I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to read all three chapters and do it in one sitting, because these three chapters are all connected to this one topic of spiritual gifts. Paul was addressing a misunderstanding about spiritual gifts that had turned into a problem in their church. The root of the problem seemed to be regarding an overemphasis on the gifts of speaking in tongues, and in some cases, even a misuse of speaking in tongues. Now, if you're not familiar with what speaking in tongues means, or that term, there are two conclusions that students of the Bible have come to when understanding speaking in tongues. Some believe it refers to known languages that a person would not otherwise have known how to speak, but an actual language. Others believe it refers to 
in angelic or spiritual language that no human would have known how to speak. Well, in verses 2 and 3, it identifies a problem they seem to have had in their church. It says, you know, what, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It seems as though there were some folks who were taking their pagan experiences with idol worship <clears throat> and inserting them into a church service. And somewhere along the line, someone must have said some kind of curse against Jesus during church. Well, can you imagine what that Sunday was like? I imagine there were a lot of jaws dropped and a lot of gasps probably could have been heard. The problem seemed to be that some people really wanted to have the gift of speaking in tongues, and they were jealous of those who had it, and, and they were thinking less of themselves if they didn't speak in tongues. There were, apparently were some of those who spoke in tongues who had a superior attitude problem. Well, Paul spends three whole chapters clarifying some of the misunderstandings that they had about spiritual gifts and addressing the problems that had developed in their church because of it. Now, the reason this matters to us today is because you were made to build up others in love and understanding how to apply God's wisdom about spiritual gifts will help you accomplish that God-given purpose in your life. Well, I suppose since we do have a little extra time on our hands right now uh, with the, the social distancing and having to stay at home, I, I probably could read all three chapters to you line by line right now. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but if you really do want to hear me read these three chapters in one sitting, you can do that. You can go to the Version app, and if you go to the Good News Translation on the Version app. There's a recording there that we actually did a few years ago for the American Bible Society. So if you really, really want to hear me read you these chapters, you can, you can get that. But for this morning, I'm going to touch on a few verses throughout these chapters that summarize three things you need to know about spiritual gifts. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit gives every believer at least one spiritual gift. You need to start with that baseline understanding that the Holy Spirit gives every believer at least one spiritual gift. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. If you have an NIV, it's translated this way, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, some of you might even be wondering, well, what's a spiritual gift? What's this manifestation of the Spirit? Is this like you know, my favorite superhero in the movies that gets bit by a radioactive spider and now has superpowers? No, it's, it's not like that. A spiritual gift is a God-given talent or ability that is used for God's glory and empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit gives at least one gift to every believer. In verse 11 of chapter 12, it says, It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, in verses 8 to 11 of chapter 12, and also in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, uh, we are given some examples of spiritual gifts. <clears throat> some of these on that list would be speaking in tongues or interpretation of those who speak in tongues. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, being able to do other types of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, mercy, administration. So that's... Uh, some of the, the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in Scripture. And this is, this is where things do get a little tricky because there are different conclusions about this list of spiritual gifts. Some believe this entire list is still being given by the Holy Spirit to believers today. Others believe that a few of these gifts had a specific purpose for a specific time and are no longer a common experience among believers today. Like I said before, this isn't really the best environment to sort all of those things out. You know, I think back on that conversation I had with my friends at the lunch table more than 20 years ago. The reason we were still friends when that conversation was over was because we trusted each other and, and we cared about each other. And that helped guide that conversation and keep, keep the boundary lines uh, pretty pretty well defined in that conversation. And it would really be impossible for us to have a conversation like that about a topic like this when we're not really sitting down together. So we're going to just stay focused on the fact that if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your forgiver of sin and your Savior from hell and the leader of your life, the Holy Spirit lives in you and has given you at least one spiritual gift. Now, that leads to the next thing you need to know about spiritual gifts. It's this. Every spiritual gift is to be used to benefit others, to build others up. In verse 7 of chapter 12, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, or like in the NIV, for the common good. Now, in verses 12 to 26, it's a lengthy section of scripture, but uh, I would encourage you to read through that. Paul uses this illustration of the body and how the body is made up of many different parts. Every part is valuable and connected to the other parts. Each part should do what the Spirit has empowered them to do to benefit the rest of the body. Now, in chapter 14, verse 12, it says, the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have the special abilities of the Spirit. Seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Then in verse 26, he says, My brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, one will, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation that God has given. One will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said. But here's the key. Everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So Paul's point 
throughout these three chapters really centers on how we are to use these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us to benefit others, to build others up. I've had two shoulder surgeries, one on each shoulder, and they were to repair damage that I did from lifting weights. Well, the pain in my shoulders, for sure, affected the rest of my body, just like it says uh, in chapter 12, that when one part of the body suffers, the rest of the body suffers with it. That was definitely true with my shoulder pain. But I also noticed that when my arm couldn't function because it was in a sling and I couldn't use it, it was very difficult to uh, accomplish things that normally would be very simple to accomplish. It impacted how I functioned in my life. You know, simple things like personal hygiene, getting dressed, uh, working even at a computer, which isn't you know, hard labor. But things like that, which would normally be simple, became very difficult to accomplish because I couldn't use my arm, that one part of my body. And my wife had to take on extra duties to care for me and to accomplish the things that I couldn't do. Let me just say this. There's a reason why my wife is not a nurse. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But the same is true in the body of Christ. In the church family, when believers who have been gifted by the Holy Spirit do not use their talents and abilities for God's glory and to build others up, the whole body suffers from that. It puts added stress on other parts of the body to accomplish the things that God has uniquely gifted you to do. Spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit gives you, they're not just about you. They're not just about your spiritual growth. You were made to build up others in love. The spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit gives you, they're not supposed to be ignored. They're not to be left to sit idle while you enjoy other people using their spiritual gifts. No, God expects you to use those gifts for His glory and to benefit other people. You were made to build up others love. And that takes us to the third thing that you need to know about spiritual gifts. Every spiritual gift is to be motivated by love and exercised in love. That's what chapter 13 is all about. Now, it's been known or been called the love chapter, and it may certainly, in many cases, apply to romantic relationships in our lives. We can certainly use chapter 13 to learn about that type of love and, and what it should look like. But it wasn't originally written about weddings or about Valentine's Day cards. It was, it was written about the motivations and the use of our spiritual gifts. The church in Corinth had a bunch of relationship problems. They were divided and arguing over who was a better preacher, they were suing each other in court, jealous of each other over who had certain spiritual gifts and who didn't. There was this lack of love, and it was a core problem in their church. And Paul says you can do all kinds of spiritually gifted things, but if they aren't motivated by love, if they aren't exercised in love, you have missed what God intends for your life. You were made to build up others in love. 
You know, one of the hardest things to teach athletes who play team sports is that the team is more important than the individual. It's hard to teach because the, the person carrying the football gets more glory from the fans than the guys who block and made a path for him to run through. It's hard to teach because self-centeredness is ingrained into our sinful nature and, and our default way of thinking is about ourselves first. Getting athletes to believe the team is more important than the individual is hard. But when they finally get it, when they put the team first, when they play for each other and care for each other and root for each other and do what they do for the team and not their own glory, those teams are hard to beat. They don't necessarily even have to have the most talented players in the league, but they can win. I think that's true in the church. You may be doing something spiritually significant, but if your motive is selfish or you have a bad attitude, it is really hard for the church to benefit from your efforts. And in some cases, you can do harm to the ministry or you can do harm to other believers through your bad attitude. You weren't just made to do good things. You were made to build up others in love. As I was studying for this message, I, I, I read something from one of the commentators that I really hadn't thought of before. There's a different insight into this. And, uh, he quoted Galatians chapter 5, verses 22, 23, and then 5. And it says this, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Well, if you look at Paul's description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, I'll start in verse 4. It says that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It, it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never, it never loses faith. It always is hopeful. It, it endures through every circumstance. And then verse 13 says that there are three things that will last forever. forever faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Isn't it interesting that the characteristics of love are found in our connection to and our dependence on the Spirit of God. These are the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So if we want to make sure that we are using our spiritual gifts in love, we have to stay surrendered to the Holy Spirit every day. What would your life be like? If you had the supernatural love of God at work in your heart, how would your life look different if you had the supernatural love of God saturating your motives and your attitudes, your words, your actions? Well, there's only one way for the supernatural love of God to begin changing your life. You have to receive the Holy Spirit into your life. And there's only one way to receive the Holy Spirit into your life have to trust Jesus Christ 
and his sacrifice on the cross as a substitute payment for your sin. You have to trust Jesus Christ to make you right with God. You have to trust Jesus in the resurrection power that he's offering you to give you new spiritual life. You have to trust Jesus to give you his Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit will live inside you and change your life entirely. If you are ready to take that next step of faith this morning, I want to encourage you, go to our website, go to the live stream page on our website. There's a button there that says, I'm ready. There you'll find more information about taking that step of faith in Jesus Christ as your forgiver of sin, as your Savior from hell, as the one who can radically change your life. And if we can be of any help here at Grace Fellowship, certainly uh, reach out to us on that contact page and we'll do whatever we can to help you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this message was about reminding you that the Spirit of God dwells inside you and has given you a spiritual gift to build others up in love. You weren't just saved so you could sit in a church pew, soak up a bunch of Bible knowledge, and then do nothing with it. You were made to build up others in love. If you're not really sure what to do next with that, you're not maybe even sure what your spiritual gift might be, you can learn more about your spiritual gifting on our website. If you go to the live stream page again, there's a button there that says Spiritual Gift Discovery Tool. Just click on that and walk through the steps there, and, and you can learn some more things about your spiritual gifting. And that that uh, When you're done with, with that, that kicks back to our pastors and we can reach out to you and, and help walk you through what would be next. You weren't made just to do some good things in life. You weren't made uh, to, to just enjoy these spiritual gifts to benefit yourself. No, you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus, you were made to build up others in love. Let's think carefully about how we can do that this week. Maybe that's going to look a little differently right now so that we're not gathering together in a big group right now. So it might look a little bit differently, but that doesn't mean that we can't continue to use our spiritual gifts to bless other people and to build them up in the faith. Think creatively and, and pray earnestly about how God would want you to do that in the days and weeks ahead. God bless you. Talk to you soon.